Greetings in the name of Christ. Welcome to the Hope to Hope podcast, where we share the truths of the saving love of the Lord Jesus Christ by looking at the truths of His Word. And to this end, then we want to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And we are going to do that by looking at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, and then verse 10 to verse 16. And here we see how to offer up a sacrifice of praise to God so that we may be pleasing in his sight. We do that by looking to Jesus. Why Jesus? In verse 8, because he never changes. And then verse 10, his food gives life. And then in verse 12, he sanctifies us. And then in verse 13, he bore our approach. In verse 14, he gives us a lasting city. And then in verse 16, he is satisfied by us. And when we have looked at all of these, we should overcome the fear of sharing the gospel. We should overcome being ashamed of Jesus and the gospel. And we should worship him continually. Let's hear God then speak to us from these passages as we devote ourselves to what he has to say to us. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy place by the high priest as an offering for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people through his own blood, suffered outside the gate. So let us go out to him, outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that gives thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Ashamed of Jesus and ashamed of the gospel are sometimes the obstacles that stand in our way that prevent us from being bold proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are ashamed of Jesus because we forget that the gospel is not for the esteemed. The the gospel is for sinners, the poor and the rich, the destitute and the prostitutes, the hungry and the homeless, the hopeless and the helpless, the unwise and foolish. The gospel of Jesus is the gospel of shame And we do not want to be associated with shame. But when you become a believer, a Christian, God associates you with people you would not have otherwise been associated with had it not been for God. The brothers and sisters that you have in Christ, God has chosen for you. And I want to challenge you today to think about how some of the people that you have in your life as Christians, you wouldn't have chosen to to associate with. God has done that for you and it is because he also chose you you were not attractive but he chose you God saw it pleasing to save the lost of all walks of life to call his children and the way he did that the way he found this religion called Christianity was by the humiliation and the shameful death of his son on the cross it was through shame and scandal It was through making pregnant a virgin and making her husband cover the shame she would have carried had he decided to leave her for obvious reasons 
reasons being that she would have been regarded as adulterous. There was nothing attractive about Jesus. He was born to a poor family in a place reserved for animals. He grew up in a family of a carpenter. When he became a rabbi, the only disciples he could find and people to follow were fishermen who were not part of the admirable men in society. Are you willing to be associated with Jesus? To take the rejection, the scoffing, and the mocking because of him? Are you willing to be unashamed of the gospel, knowing that no amount of shame will you endure that surpasses the shame that Jesus bore for you? It was your sin that rendered Jesus to this lowly position. Even though he was the glorious king of heaven, he was compelled by his love to be humiliated and die for you. There was nothing attractive in you and about you that he should die for you. But he was doing it all to shield you from the wrath of God to come. He was doing it all because of love. But when you look at him, you should be attracted to him and to what he has done for you. <clears throat> this is what we are devoting ourselves to this morning. Look at verse 15 again. Verse 15 says, We should continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. What that is, is what we have been devoting ourselves to uh, the past sections, emanating from verse 28 of chapter 12. In verse 28 of chapter 12, we saw that since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, we should show gratitude to God by which we may offer to him an acceptable service with reverence and awe. And then verse 16 of chapter 13 says we should not neglect to do good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. These are loving actions, small, small in comparison to what Jesus has done for us, but glorious because what he requires from us for what he has done for us are these requests and they are gracious requests. He wants us to do these things because he wants you to show gratitude to him. He wants you to offer him acceptable service with, with reverence and awe so that you may be pleasing to him. He saved you so that you may be pleasing to him and he gives you tools to please him. He, he shows you, he gives you ways to please him. He tells you how. What do you have to do to please him? <clears throat> In the beginning of chapter 13, we saw that we have to show brotherly love. We have to show hospitality. We have to show social concern. We have to treat marriage honorably. We should keep ourselves sexually pure. We should flee the love of money. We should submit to your pastors and leaders. We should flee false teaching. And in this section, we see that we have to look to Jesus. And these, these are found in Hebrews chapter 13. He is more attractive than you can imagine. He does not change. And his ways do not change. <clears throat> his ways look, look countercultural, especially in our, in, in our day and age, especially in this culture of democracy. You know, in democracy, you disagree with your leaders. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Submission is frowned upon. There is social media where people share uh, 
their results when they have passed but they do not share their failures in social media you see someone posting in bed in the morning and all make with makeup on and looking like they were not in bed and uh, you have like and you don't have dislike everything is portrayed as glamorous but here comes us the christians the redeemed who in this culture are countercultural we submit to our pastors we are still called foolish and we believe the things that are written in the bible and that makes us look like fools people even today during this coronavirus people think that we are irrelevant there's nothing the church can do and say because if you are in this part of the world people are locked up and so where is jesus where is god but we we are here we show gratitude to god and we love him and we devote ourselves to him with our whole being we do so because jesus is the same yesterday today and forever it is it is fine to be associated with him and carry the shame the rewards are greater than we can imagine false teachers do not want us to fix our eyes on jesus they want us to do things differently and introduce new things and and ways that are con- contrary to the ways of god they do not want us to please god in this christian race that we are running so what will keep us from falling into the trap of the false teachers and what will make us please god by showing him gratitude offering him acceptable service with reverence and awe is to look to jesus we look to jesus he is the same yesterday today and forever uh, this is the jesus the false teachers will not offer you what they offer is always good at first it is it always appears to be attractive which is why people go for it but what makes christ special and attractive first in verse 8 we see he never changes he never changes to speak about jesus this way the way the writer does in verse 8 is to give him eternal attributes this cannot be said of anyone but it is what it is said about jesus in this in this section and this is what makes this context so important his eternality is the sure anchor for the gospel message that we believe and this is something false teaching does not offer you see something important here for application it isn't only teaching that is horribly false that we should flee from but even teaching that is not about Christ and the gospel alone if the emphasis in preaching is not what Jesus has done and what he is doing currently that teaching is unhealthy and we should flee from it one of the marks of true teaching gospel teaching is its stability and consistency throughout the ages although the church of Jesus Christ is always reforming and we should always be aligning our beliefs with the bible all of what makes us christians in this life has already been developed to an extent that there is no more room for new teachings in christendom so beware of people who introduce new things and change things that are not commonly shared by christians and i i think uh, the best you could do today in devoting yourself to to the church of jesus christ and 
and to reforming the church, if you, if you will, is to clarify something that Christians have always held to, some, some of those doctrines, rather than change them and introduce new things. We cannot introduce new things, but we can clarify things that have not been clear. There are many things also that perhaps we do not know, but I think most of what we believe has already been developed. For example, there's no better way to say that we believe in the Trinity. What new thing can you say about the Trinity? God is triune. We have three distinct persons in the one divine essence. Is there any other way to say that? But Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross and his substitutionary atonement are the message of the gospel that we preach and there is no other gospel message. Today, he remains the object of our faith. Even though there is a strong temptation for us to exchange the true saving gospel of Jesus Christ that has always been preached by the prophets and apostles and teachers and pastors and preachers, we want to exchange that for something that is ear tickling. But this is the gospel that will forever be the same because Jesus is our high priest forever. The false teachers in verse 9 want to deviate from this. Jesus does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always in the Old Testament used prophets and, and priests and Levites to, 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 to teach in the, the, church, the people of God and to offer sacrifices and to share the gospel. He's still doing the same today by using people who are appointed according to Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 5. It does not change. So in your belief as a believer, you always have to be evaluating your belief through the lens of the Bible and what the Church of Jesus Christ has always believed and taught for ages. Let your theology and beliefs be shaped by what the Bible says. What you study today, if you are a student perhaps, and what you do at work should always be evaluated by what the Bible says. It does not matter what the, what the laws of this country say or the laws of your country. But on these things where God speaks, our views as Christians should be God's views. We will never change things regardless how much time, time changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And this is how we must find him attractive. Secondly, <clears throat> what makes him attractive is the food that he gives us to eat. Look at verse 10. This is contrasted with verse 9. In verse 9, false teachers taught that if you eat certain foods, you will be accepted before God. And they draw this picture from the Old Testament sacrificial system where sacrificial foods would be eaten. So in verse 10, he says that we have better food. Those who serve the tabernacle are the priests of the Old Testament. Uh, they are you know, going to, 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 to place animals on the altar, but Jesus says we have a better altar. They do not eat from, what, from our altar because our altar is better. It's a real altar. Our sacrifice is a real sacrifice, the Lamb of God himself. Then he goes on to tell us why Jesus is better or the fulfillment of the old covenant sacrificial system. Look at verse 11. 
This is simple and it means what it says. In the Old Testament, after they sacrificed, what would they do with those animal sacrifices when they were done? They would take them outside the camp and burn them. And this was symbolic to say that those things outside the camp were rejected by God under his wrath and judgment. To be in the camp then was symbolic of being near God and outside the camp was symbolic of being outside of God and far away from God. So what they did with those animals was what should have been done with them. But God only accepted those animal sacrifices temporarily. This system is past now, but it was a good system because it showed people the, the displeasure of God against sin and sinners. But um, they failed to see that what was done to those animal sacrifices was what should have done to them. That, that's what should have fell upon them, but it fell upon those innocent animals as they drew close to God but these animals could not do this to perfection so something perfect and more real was still needed it is that thing we should be offered to God's people today and only that you want to be pleasing to God offer to him acceptable service with reverence and awe you offer him sacrifices of praise and look to Jesus and offer people Jesus and nothing else. And why is Jesus so important and so attractive? Look at verse 12 again. The cross of Jesus that we should always talk about is a picture of many things. It is a picture of the wrath of God reserved for you but poured on the innocent. It is a picture of God offering you eternal life by placing his son on the cross and your punishment on his son not only that but the location matters when jesus was sacrificed it was not in the middle of the walls of jerusalem and it was not inside the walls of jerusalem people were often sacrificed and crucified rather outside the the city near the entrance and exit so that people could see the crucifixion it was designed to be humiliating and it was designed for people to be mocked and spat at like, like they did with Jesus. So the crucifixion was designed by God to be what they could do with the animal sacrifices of the old covenant. Put outside the city, show the rejection by God, the displeasure and punishment for sin. When Jesus was cast out of the city, he was taking the wrath of God upon himself so that you will not be cast out of the presence of God. He took our place, the rejected ones, that we might be drawn to God, to be able to offer him sacrifices of praise, giving thanks to his name, showing gratitude to him for what he has done for us. This is not only pictorial, but it is a reality. One day, God is going to destroy the world and bring about the new heavens and the new earth. Those who trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation of their souls will be saved and be inside the city of God. But those who rejected Jesus in this world will be rejected by God and be outside the city, will be cast into eternal hellfire. But look to Jesus. 
who took all the reproach and shame for you. And then if you see in verse 13 there, are you willing to be associated with him? Are you embarrassed by Jesus? Are you embarrassed to be called a Christian? Look at what he has done for you. You have to be willing to be ridiculed for Jesus. It is nothing in comparison to being cast out of the presence of God eternally. This is bringing us to the whole point of the book of Hebrews. The whole point of the book of Hebrews is do not go back to the old ways of Judaism, the animal sacrifices. Jesus is superior than all of them and he has given us a superior new covenant. If you were a Jew, you would be hearing the author saying, Therefore, you are not called to call Jerusalem your home and Israel your city because yours is the heavenly Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth. There is no other way to go to heaven, to live the Christian life apart from Jesus. He's the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through him. Thank you.